Hope's Harbor, a gritty Bible devotion with David Bradley. Foundation of the Christian Faith, Part 1. Key verse, if you will allow me to paraphrase, is John 3.18. And Jesus said, You who believe in him are not condemned, but you who do not believe are condemned already because you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The word believe in not only verse 18, but also 16 and 17, it means to have faith, to place trust in, as in trusting Jesus for salvation. What is the foundational truth or belief of Christianity that if taken away, we no longer have Christianity, and by implication, no longer have forgiveness leading to eternal life and all that must happen for this to take place? I hope to find a simple outline online for the foundations of our faith, and instead, what I got was a dizzying array of different lists, the five beliefs, the seven pillars, the ten fundamentals, and etc. And then I found the ministry of Pastor Colin Smith at OpenTheBible.org. On this site, there was one foundation put forth upon which all other beliefs build upon. And I know this is true from my own experience when I came to believe John 3.16 verses 16 through 18. So let's see if we can sort through the truths of the Bible and gain a better understanding of the foundational beliefs of our faith. The devotion focus is the foundation of Christian faith. The foundation for our faith is found when we answer this question, Who is Jesus? Now, before we personally answer this question and make a decision based on our answer, all other considerations of the Christian faith are academic and or incidental. So understanding this today was an eye-opener for me. Now, I know there are other foundational beliefs stemming from the answer of who Jesus is, and we'll examine those. But to start with, who is Jesus? And by this, I mean Who is Jesus in the historical sense? Well, going back to the key verse and the two preceding verses gives the answer. And these are found in John 3, 16 through 18. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In these verses, Jesus tells us he is God's Son, and that to avoid condemnation for sin and receive forgiveness, a person must believe in him. Now, this means to place trust in as you would a chair when you sit down. And I know this may be a lame comparison, but think about the principle at work. You believe a particular chair will hold you, but belief carried out is trust in the chair enough to rest your weight on it. And this same principle is found in Psalm 37.5. The Bible reads, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, to commit in this verse literally means to roll off onto. Now, have you ever, when you were a kid, been at a pool and stand on the edge facing away from the water and just fall backwards? Well, let me take it one step further. 
Have you ever fallen backwards into the arms of your friends? I never would because I didn't trust them. And it takes trust to do this. And likewise, it takes trust to roll off onto God. And so the foundational truth of Christianity is to trust Jesus for salvation, for new life. This is being born again, by the way. Now, what about the other beliefs of the Christian faith? What weight do they carry? And here's a few we want to consider in a future episode. Jesus, born of a virgin. Baptism. Belief in the Bible is God's inerrant word. Communion, giving, and the Trinity. That's just a few. We know faith in Jesus' death for sin is a must, but we covered that in the question of who Jesus is. But now, where does faith in his sinless life come in? How about his burial and resurrection? Well, to answer these questions and how they fit with salvation and how they actually they come after salvation, let's go to the day Jesus was crucified. There beside him on the other crosses were two men. One of them eventually made a request of Jesus. He asked Jesus to remember him when he, Jesus, came into his kingdom. We don't know what this man knew about Jesus beforehand other than when he rebuked the other man for railing against Jesus and said in Luke 23:42, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered in verse 43, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. What? No prayer of repentance? No prayer of salvation? But listen to what the man said to Jesus. Lord, remember me. Isn't this repentance? Now, using Scripture to interpret Scripture gives us the answer. And so listen to the last portion of Mark 15, 32. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. So something changed within one of those thieves between the times of Mark 15.32 and the event recorded in Luke 23.42. Now, I call it repentance. And of this sort, it is a change in direction, a change of mind. But what about faith? Both are required, you know. Well, listen to the thief once more in Luke 23.42. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, what do you take this to mean? Now, keep in mind, this thief hanging beside Jesus was also in excruciating pain and knew he was about to die. And yet, somehow, he comes to a change of mind, and may I add, a change of heart. His request reveals hope, at least in my mind. Even if the man didn't know much else about Jesus, the Romans wrote King of the Jews on a sign and hung it over Jesus on the cross. So is it logical this man believed in Jesus as king? I think so when you consider the man knew Jesus was about to enter his kingdom and said as much in Luke 23, 42. Now, in episode 109, we'll examine other foundational truths concerning the Christian faith. But there are truths that come out of the new birth that we adopt as we live the Christian life. But these are not required for salvation, but are rather part of the system of belief for living the new life in Christ. In summary, There is only one foundational belief required to have new life in Jesus, and that is to settle who he is and do so in your heart and then decide if you will place faith in his saving work on the cross. Now, repentance is a crucial part of this, but not repentance from all sin. That's impossible. It is repentance as a change of heart, 
a change of mind, a change of direction, from going away from God to now going to God as Savior. The action to consider, think through the requirements of the Christian life. Striving for holiness is a result of having been born again, but it is not the cause of the new birth. That would be a works-based salvation, and if possible, it would mean Jesus didn't have to die that horrible death on the Roman cross. If you will think through this on your own, it will clarify the Christian life and make it one of joy. Otherwise, we risk falling into the trap of legalism. So next week's devotion is Foundational Truths of Living the Christian Life. In the appendix of the show notes, I took the excerpt from Pastor Colin Smith's website and used it with permission. Uh, You'll find it at openthebible.org, and it begins with, Who is Jesus? And it's about four short paragraphs. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.